Good day, brothers and sisters, and welcome to another edition of Centurion Faith, the podcast that helps the believer in Jesus Christ to seek the kind of faith that makes him marvel. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. For anyone who who seeks God must not only believe that he exists, but that he's a rewarder, a rewarder of those that diligently, diligently seek him. So this podcast is for believers, people who are following in these last days with everything that's in them after Jesus Christ to walk in his spirit, which he's given us, the Holy Spirit, which reveals Jesus in us, Christ in us, the hope of glory, Colossians 1, 2, 7, Galatians 2, 20. It's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives in us by his spirit, right? So this life that we live in the flesh, it says in Galatians 2, 20, we live by the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us But we don't set aside this grace of God for if righteousness could be gained through the law or through our works, then Christ died in vain. Brothers and sisters, he died for the the remission of our sins eternally. We're eternally and forever forgiven. But he also gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit through his salvation. And today as believers, while we're trapped in these flesh suits, we walk by the Spirit of God and we walk by the Word of God, which are one. The word and the spirit, Jesus said in John 15, verse 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask what you will and it'll be done for you by the Holy Spirit, right? Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life, John 6, 63. So when we get to know his word and we get to know his spirit, we get to know him. We get to know the word made flesh now dwelling in us. Examine yourself, it says in 2 Corinthians 13, 5. Examine yourselves to see whether you're in the faith. And then it goes on to to give you the one question exam. And it says this, in 2 Corinthians 13, 5, examine yourselves to see whether you're in the faith. And And then it says, don't you know that Christ lives in you? That's the test. The answer is yes, I know Christ lives in me. I don't care what I feel because sometimes this flesh turns me sideways and upside down. But I know what the word says, that Jesus will never leave me nor forsake me. Do you believe that? That word is for you too. God is no respecter of persons. What he does for one, he does for all. For all that receive him, he gives us power to become sons of God. And that's in John. I believe that's verse uh, 114 or 15. For everyone who receives him, he gives us power, and that's the Holy Spirit, to become sons of God, sons with a little s. He's the son with the big s, but he died to bring many sons into glory, Hebrews chapter 2. So we love this uh, uh, word that God's given us, and we love the Holy Spirit. I I say thank you, Holy Spirit, for blessing right now every follower of Jesus Christ, every brother of mine, every sister that's listening to this podcast. May they be richly blessed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I ask this in the name of Jesus so I know the answer is yes and amen to the glory of Jesus Christ, to the glory of God the Father through Jesus Christ. This message I have for you today is really gonna set you free. It set me free this morning when God was showing it to me. And the message is entitled, 
Only compare yourself to Jesus. Only compare yourself to Jesus. I think we get so lost and we get so tied up in in, uh, looking at ourselves, being self-reflective in our faith, that we can do a lot of damage and we can inflict a lot of damage on ourselves by by looking at looking at ourselves but then especially comparing ourselves to other people and there are going to be people out there both in the in the flesh uh, that are in the world that aren't part of the body of Christ and then people that are in the body of Christ that we compare compare ourselves to either to to uh, accuse or to excuse um and what i mean by that is we can look at people we watch the news i think often people watch the news without realizing you see all this murder and rape and pillaging going on and all this dishonesty and all the lies and deception out there in the world and we can see all this going on and sometimes we say well at least i'm not like this guy it's the old pharisee syndrome at least i'm not like this publican sitting next to me i'm, I'm not an extortioner at least I'm not one of these evil politicians that I see doing all of the devil's work or at least I'm not this guy or that guy. And we do that and that's an easy comparison to compare ourselves to the ungodly that should make us feel good and should cause thankfulness to God for who's given us his Holy Spirit generously as a gift. But I think where we get into real trouble is comparing ourselves to other believers because we're all at different levels in our walk with the Lord and I certainly sometimes do do myself some damage by looking at somebody like Reverend Fred um, Reverend Fred Young for those of you who know me is my mentor my pastor my friend and he's he's been on the road ahead of me now for uh, he's been walking with the Lord for over 40 years four decades so sometimes when I look and I see him operating in the spirit and just the power that he has in his prayers and you know how God is working through him, and um, I see that power—the power of the Holy Spirit working through him so mightily. And sometimes he makes it look easy. Sometimes he does it without even realizing it. Probably most of the time. And you can get uh, envious, which is, you know, it's 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 good to covet spiritual gifts, but um, to to want to grow in grace and to be like somebody. Paul said, the Apostle Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. But we don't want to compare ourselves and say, man, I, I can't, I wish I was more like Rev. Be satisfied with where you are. I've been walking with the Lord for just over 20 years, 21 to be exact, and uh, 21 and a half. But um, anyway, who's counting? <laughs> um, but Rev is, is over double that. I know he's into the 40s. And I'll have to ask him. I think it's 40 some odd years he's been rolling with the Lord. And so it's over double my time with the Lord. So when I compare myself to him, sometimes I can come up short. And so that brings me to the <coughs> point of my message today is we shouldn't do that. We, we um, uh, 2 Corinthians um, 10, 12 says, those that compare themselves among themselves are not wise. We should compare ourselves to Jesus. And the Bible says that um, comparing yourselves among yourselves is not wise. And it says that we should look, in, in Hebrews 12, we should look to Jesus, the author and the finisher, finisher, uh, finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising its shame, 
and who is now set down at the right hand of God in heaven. And right, he shed forth now the Holy Spirit in us. So, so by the power um, of the Holy Spirit and in the name of Jesus, we can go out there and do the same things that Jesus did and more. And when I say do the same things he did and more, he went around doing good and healing all who were sick and oppressed of the devil. He blessed people with his words and with his deeds. And we can do the same thing today. However, that manifests in its life to God be the glory. Uh, Hebrews 12, 2 says, Look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. And he's now set down at the right hand of the throne of God. He said, he's seated because his work is finished. And he sent forth the Holy Spirit into our hearts, shedding his love abroad in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who he's given us, Romans 5, 5. And it says, Consider him who endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. You have not resisted yet to the, to the shedding of blood in your striving against sin. Wow. So it's amazing. We should compare ourselves to, to Jesus. And when we compare ourselves to Jesus, we're always going to come up short because he was perfect. And when he says in Matthew 5.44, be perfect, uh, or actually I think it's Matthew 5.48 at the end of the first chapter in the Beatitudes, right at the end of chapter 5 in Matthew, he goes through all these high and lofty rules. Love your enemy. Do good to those that persecute you. Don't even look at a woman with lust in your heart. Don't covet your brother's possessions. Don't even be angry with your brother because that's like murdering him, he says in, in Matthew 5. And then he finishes all these unattainable goals. <laughs> when I say unattainable, I mean in the flesh. And when he finishes them in 548, the last verse in that chapter, he says, so be perfect as your father in heaven is perfect. Be perfect, no pressure. And what I think he means there is to strive for perfection. The Bible says in Romans 3, 2, 3, that we all, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The glory of God is Jesus Christ. We just read that. The glory of the Father is seated at his right hand. That is Jesus. He is the perfect standard. He is the benchmark. He is the high hurdle bar that keeps getting raised every time we come up higher in the Lord, knowing that we're never going to be perfect. We're never going to be perfect in, 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 while we're here in, in this flesh, trapped in this, in this skin suit and with this unrenewed mind that's full of a lot of corruption still that's being worked out of us. But in our spirit, we've been sealed by his spirit. Um, Ephesians 1.13 and 1 Corinthians 6.17 says that he that is joined with the Lord is one spirit with him. So we have been perfected in our spirit. There's, there's nothing imperfect about what God has sealed. Uh, he sealed us with the Holy Spirit of promise. And when we walk in that spirit, we walk in perfection. We, we, your spirit is perfect. Um, it says in the book of Hebrews that, that, that when we're in the congregation of God, we're going to be worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ with the spirits of just men who have been made perfect. Wow. I don't understand that, but I know that while we're living here, nobody's perfect. The world even says that nobody's perfect. And I think that saying that that nobody's perfect is the same thing as Romans 3, 2, 3. We all have sinned. 
That means we're all imperfect. Jesus is the perfection. He's the perfect standard. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God, but all are justified freely by his grace that's given in Christ Jesus. That's the second half of Romans 3, 2, 3. So I think it's amazing to see that the benchmark is Christ. And when you compare yourself to to the perfect one, you're always going to come up short, but you'll never be condemned because your goal is to try to come up higher, to strive for perfection. It's like trying to play, you know, play a game perfectly. Um, in tennis, there's a something called a golden set, and I think that's the name of it. A golden set is is where you play every point in a set, and you you win every point in a set. And you got to get four points to win one game. So it would be six games as a set. So it would be 20, see if my math is good here, six times four. It'd be 24 straight points that you'd win without giving the guy another point. That'd be like me playing Djokovic. He could probably get a couple golden sets off me, probably three, <laughs> where I wouldn't get a point. So anyway, my, and my point is strive for perfection aim for the goal of Jesus Christ and you won't be disappointed. Don't compare yourselves. If you compare yourself with somebody that's new, that's a new believer and you see them making mistakes and you just see, oh my God, you know, when I was a new believer, my, my, my language, my profanity that was coming out of my mouth was just filth. But there were people on the road ahead of me that just excused and overlooked my sins and love covers a multitude of sins and just loved on me knowing that you know, this guy's going to get there. And uh, I know today that using profanity is a public announcement of stupidity, I believe. I think it's showing the world, hey, I'm really not too bright. Anybody who uses a lot of profanity and cuss words to express themselves, I think is just kind of showing that they are not very bright. And, um, and sadly have no other way ex- of expressing themselves ex- except by, by using profane words. But that's a whole other message. But my point is that you, as you grow in grace, you learn to watch the words of your mouth. And certainly I still swear today. I don't, I don't ever purposely try to, but sometimes I just let the stuff fly. If I hit my thumb with a hammer, um, God forbid what flies out of my mouth and God is merciful and he understands our frame that we're but dust. Um, Galatians 1.10 says, man pleasers cannot please God. You can't try to please men and please God. Philippians 2, three through seven. Um, I'm gonna look at that passage too. And again, the whole context of this is compare yourselves to Jesus. So here's another one that says, here's what Jesus is like, compare yourself to him. Philippians 2.3. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, that means humility, let us esteem others better than ourselves. That's how Jesus operated. Look not at every man of his own things. In other words, don't analyze, you know, look, look not on every man on his own things, but also on the things of others. That means to look out for others more than you look out for yourself. Uh, and then it says right after that, let this mind which, which be in you, um, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, right? He was God himself manifested in the flesh. He thought it not robbery to be equal to God. In other words, he, 
He made him, it says in the next line, he made himself of no reputation and he took on the form of a servant and he was made in the likeness of men. In being found fashioned as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. Wherefore God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, so at the name of Jesus every knee would bow in things on in heaven and on earth, and every tongue would confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Wow. Wow. Compare yourselves to the one who's high and lifted up. The earth is his footstool. He's seated. His work is done, and now he's trying to do his new work through you, through the Holy Spirit, through Christ in you, the hope of glory. Colossians 1, 2, 7. The goal of the faith is to live the life of Christ. The goal of this faith is to live the life of Christ, or better yet, to let Christ live his life through you. I'm gonna close with these verses. Philippians 1, 2, 1 says to live as Christ and to die as gain. To live as Christ and to die as gain. To live a life of humility and service to others is to live like Christ and to die to yourself is gain. You don't need to die a physical death necessarily that wouldn't do anybody any good. Your blood wouldn't do anybody any good. Only the blood of Christ did everything for us redeemed the world to himself through his shed blood but the goal is to lay down your life to take up your cross to serve others take up your cross daily and follow me jesus says to live is christ to let his spirit live in you is life and to die to yourself to your flesh to your passions your desires your selfishness is gain take up your cross die to yourself today i'm gonna close with my favorite verse i have it etched on my racket bag i have it etched on my heart it's my life verse and it's galatians 2 20 and i'll close with this i am crucified with christ it is no longer me living it's christ living in me in this life i live in the flesh i live by the faith of the son of god who loved me and gave himself up for me but i do not set aside the grace of god for if righteousness could be gained through the law, then Christ died for nothing. Wow. If my right standing with God could, could be gained or paid back by my works, by my actions, by my good deeds, then Christ died in vain. He didn't have to die. But he did die, and he died for you, and he died for me. And his resurrected life is now proof, evidence, that he's still on the earth living in you.